Guys, we're in uh, Galatians chapter five, and this, this couplet that we're gonna look at tonight is, is quite profound. Um, let me read it to you. Uh, it's verses five and six of Galatians five. Uh, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circ- or nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Um, guys, that's um, that's quite a statement, and and um, I, I, I would have you first take a look. And how he starts verse five by simply saying, for through the spirit by faith. Um, This is another statement, another contrast that he's trying to make between him and his opponent. Those who insist upon some kind of observance of, of, of ceremonial or Jewish law um, he again states that the, the, the Christian position is something that is maintained through the Spirit by faith. Um, and so he begins with, this, with, a, with, with another way of stating the same thing, that he is, he is calling God's people um, to this, this life that's lived through the Spirit by faith, not lived by some kind of... Um, uh, exaggerated effort to perform well. It is a through the spirit by faith <laughs> um, that he calls uh, Christians to respond to. That's how the Christian lives, through the spirit by faith, not by going out and performing another um, uh, ritualistic deed. Now, guys, he goes on from there, for through the spirit by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Let's, let's um, look at that a minute particularly this word hope, because it's kind of a tricky word. When, when the New Testament talks about hope, it, it doesn't mean hope so. Or it's not trying to describe wishful thinking. Um, the best way I, I, I know of to define the, how the Bible uses the word hope is to show you two passages. So bear with me, or, or um, uh, what I'm trying to do is give you an idea what this word hope means when you find it, because we, we, we tend to think it means wishful thinking, and it's not, that's not what this is, that's not how the Bible uses this word. Look first with me at, at Romans 8, if, you're, if you'd like to, Romans 8, 20, two verses, verses uh, 24 and 25, Romans 8, uh, Paul says this, for in this we hope, no, excuse me. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So, so you see the first thing that is, um, the first part of the definition of the, of the New Testament word hope is that it has to do with something that is unseen. It, it, it's not dealing with that which um, that you can touch. It's 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 dealing with the unseen. And, and the other text I wanted you to see, because this pretty much nails it down, um, is found in Titus chapter two, verse thirteen, where Paul again says this: um, "Waiting for our blessed hope, comma, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ." Okay, there you are. 
there's a definition of the word hope. It is this, um, this, this conviction of, um, pure, of an appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, there's your definition of hope. Now go back to Galatians 5. For through the Spirit by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. What's he talking about? Um, well, it's not a feeling, but we are waiting for or hoping in the consummation of all that God's, all of God's work in us that is associated with Christ's return for us. Um, the, the word hope in the New Testament and the word faith are very similar. They're not the same. Um, it is by faith that we begin the Christian life, but it seems that it's, it, this hope of, it's this idea of hope that we continue it. We start by um, grasping hold of, uh, of the message about the finished work of Christ. And then we live out the rest of our lives in this hope of this completed and final consummation of everything that God has uh, promised us associated with Christ's return for us. We're awaiting it eagerly, not anxiously. We're awaiting it eagerly. And uh, it is through the Spirit by faith. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit that presses these great truths and these great promises of the gospel into us such that um, as he does, our behavior begins to align with that. So once again, he is underscoring that his message is one that is accomplished through the Spirit by faith not in any other way. And then in verse six, he says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Um, But only faith working through love. Gang, um, we're gonna talk about this a a good deal tonight, but and hopefully it'll be uh, understandable. But genuine, real faith um, loves Um, once again, he is stating that circumcision is uncircumcision. That's not the issue. But the whole life of the Christian inwardly is faith in Christ. But the whole life of the Christian outwardly is love for somebody besides myself. So it's a, it's a love for others. Um, neither religion, which is his, his term circumcision, neither the religious or the irreligious. Um, your religion or your irreligion means nothing. All that matters in the Christian message is faith in Christ. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, many of us would have to, I mean, some here need to repent for their irreligion. But some of us need to repent of our religion. You know, that's the message of the, the, prodigal, the, uh, of the story of the prodigal son. There's two sons. One of them needs to repent of his immoral lifestyle. That's the prodigal. But the elder brother needs to repent of his goodness. Irreligion, religion. Neither one mattered, not a whit. The only thing that matters is faith in Christ. And that is seen as it works itself out in love to other people. 
Um, gang, uh, we need to talk about that. <laughs> um, because I would dare say that many of us are in situations right now where we are very deficient in loving. But we'll, we'll talk more about that in, in just a minute. Guys, in, in the gospel message, what we see is that Christ has died for us and valued us not based on anything that we bring to him. Um, there's nothing conditional about his love for us. Um, Christ, God's love for me is not value recognizing, it's value creating. He doesn't say, oh, how bright Jimmy Young is, I think I'll love him in recognition of his value. No, he loves me and thus creates value. Um, He doesn't love me because he can get something out of me. Again, the love that is being mentioned in verse 6 here is that kind. We are asked to love the way that we've been loved, and we we, we love not because I can get something out of you or that I can use you for my personal advancement. Boy, preachers are bad about that. Uh, But guys, um, have you ever been used by someone? Um, um, and, and it normally comes with, I thought that there was a certain interest that they had in me only to discover that all of that interest was nothing more than his piece of manipulation to, to get from me. Um, I was used. Doesn't feel very good, does it? But gang, there ain't a person in this room is not guilty of loving like that. Now, what we're supposed to be, um, or, or the way that we, um, that we grow in this thing that's being described here in verse 6, is to go back to the gospel and realize that Jesus Christ loved me to get nothing from me. He didn't love me to get something out of me. He didn't need me. He doesn't want to use me or manipulate me. He loved me. Now, guys, um, this this statement in verse 6, neither one of those mean anything. The only thing that means anything is faith working through love. So now, as people who have committed themselves to this Christ, we're supposed to be loving each other the way that we've been loved. Uh, Which means I love you not because you give me something. I love you not because you do something for me. I love you not because you advance my causes. But I love you, or supposedly, I love you and want to give to you. Let me, let me talk about that. Just, you know, guys, um, 
one of the things you've heard me say a little bit of late, and I'm going to say a whole lot more of it. Um, this came up yesterday in our book study. Um, tell me this. Um, if, 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 if faith is working out through love to, to, to others, what is that going to look like? Well, it's gonna, one of the things it's going to look like is some measure of serving. Now, let me ask you this. If the whole church served others like you do, what kind of church would we have? <clears throat> now, again, read it again. Circumcision, uncircumcision doesn't mean a thing. The only thing that means something is faith uh, working itself out in love. Working itself out in love. What does that mean? Well, it's, some, it's one of the things it means. It certainly means that we serve. <clears throat> so if the whole church was serving like you serve, what would this place look like? The, the, uh, the book we were reading in the staff used this illustration. I thought it was such a good one. Would it look like a battleship? You know, where everybody mans their guns and we're going to ready for the battle. Or would it look, at, or would it look like a, more like a cruise ship? And I'm waiting for all the employees to come uh, serve me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if the whole church served like you served, what would this look like, a battleship or a cruise ship? Gang, I'm not writing this stuff. Look at it. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for a thing. Religious, irreligious, doesn't matter. What does matter is faith that's working, resulting in love. Guys, um, where is there an area of your life where you need more love than you have at the present moment to face something um, or or to act rightly? Let's talk about that, all right? Where is it? Because very frankly, ladies and gentlemen, Every issue that arises in a local church is because of a deficiency of love. Um, These two little verses, this little passage, the first thing that it will tell you is that Christian living is not merely a matter of, of stoically doing my duty. Um, You know, I, I will tell you that there are times when that's about all I got. Um, for example, if my body is ill and uh, I don't have an appetite to eat anything, I still need to eat something whether I feel like eating it or not. But it's because my my. I've been ravaged by sin and because the soul is so disordered by sin 
that I don't have an, an appetite for obedience or some kind of selfless living. Jesus had a soul that was functioning properly, which leads him to make statements like this. Um, my meat and my drink is to do the will of my father. But we don't talk like that because sin is so disordered as the, the soul. <clears throat> um, we don't find obedience. We don't find service. We don't find selfless living to be satisfying and fulfilling. But probably more draining than anything else. But it's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. It's the gospel that heals the soul by by turning our relationship with God from being one where, where we sought to manipulate him and simply do our duty, it turns it, the gospel is the thing that turns the soul um, into something that, that expresses more love. It's, it's all done through the spirit by faith. <clears throat> Gang, these two little verses... If anything is telling us that we don't have to settle for a for a, a lifeless compliance with God's will, it's the Spirit that will help us um, as we as He presses these truths about how Christ loves His people. I want you to notice this, guys. Look, look at look at verse six. For in Christ Jesus. There it is again, and you skipped right over it. In Christ Jesus. I sang it to you last week. I'm, I'm hiding in a, in a cleft of the rock. And the more the Spirit of God presses those truths into my soul, it gets healthier. And so I begin to do things. I've got a I've got a thankless job or I've got a, a difficult neighbor or um, um, I'm, I'm in a situation where I'm finding it very difficult to forgive. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that is one of the things that I hear the most frequently is Christians talking about their inability to forgive. I, 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 I get it. If someone were to run over my wife because they were texting their girlfriend... I would find it very difficult to forgive them. I, I understand. I didn't say it was easy. But I am saying that the more that through faith by the Spirit, this message that Jesus Christ loved me, not to get something from me, but to give me something, the more that that gets pressed down into the base of my soul, the healthier I get. And the more I find myself willing and able to live selflessly and to serve. I'm telling you that part of the reason that you're unwilling to serve is because you're protecting your own turf and you're so afraid that you're going to get used. There's only one thing that will set you free from that, ladies and gentlemen. 
You're in Christ. There it is. You're in Christ. And he loved you without wanting to get anything from you or to take advantage of you or to take you anywhere. Or to, He loved you. And so I go back to that message and press it further. It is by faith that I lay hold of that thing and I eagerly await the hope of the consummation of all of God's promises to me when Christ ultimately returns. And the more I press that in, the more I find it, the more I find myself able to love the way and to serve the way I'm supposed to. Gang, I I would say to you, um, we're not serving because we're not loving. And so in a lot of ways, we got ourselves a nice cruise ship that we are enjoying to some measure. But it's not supposed to be like that, ladies and gentlemen. Let Let me read it to you again. Neither circumcision or uncircumcision mean anything or count for anything. The only thing that means anything is a faith that works, making me more loving and selfless and more selfless in my living with you. That's all that, that's all that, that that's the only thing that means anything, says Paul in verse six. <clears throat> and, and guys, um, all of this is done as he introduces through the spirit by faith. Not as I grit my teeth and clench my fist and say, I'm going to make this, I'm going to, I'm going to become this. It will never happen that way. It only comes as I review all over again the, the hope that I have in the consummation of all righteousness promised to me when Christ returns. That's ours. And so now, I don't have to use you anymore. I can, um, I can love you and I can show you that in the way that I serve you. You know, guys, um, this will show just how mentally ill I am. Um, and I believe me, I'm mentally ill, but um, th- there's, a, there's an old country and Western song, probably the one that I, well, you know, I like a lot of them. There's, there's several of them. Uh, you know, I'm kind of really into Keith Urban. Um, uh, and, but, but there's this song that Tim McGraw sang, oh, I don't know, four or five years ago. And, you know, it starts off um, by, you know, I was in my early 40s, and I got this message, you know, that um, stopped me on a dime. And, um, and I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays. Apparently, you know, he's got some kind of fatal disease that has, has struck him. And then in the song, if you don't listen to Country and Western, my wife makes fun of me because I, I often shave to it. Um, but in the song, um, he says, somebody asked him, kind of a third party asked him, well, what did you do when you get that kind of news? And this is how he replies, as you know. You remember? (laughs) 
<laughs> I went Rocky Mountain climbing. Oh, 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. <laughs> uh, I went uh, skydiving. I went rock climbing. I spent 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. Um, and listen, listen. And I loved deeper. And I spoke sweeter. And listen. And I gave that forgiveness I'd been denying. All right, guys. What did that for him? What is it that made him want to give forgiveness that he had been denying? He doesn't say in the song, well, I, but I remembered the gospel of Jesus Christ and his love for me as a sinner. But he does say, I thought of eternity. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think of eternity. I'm mastered by it. Look, for through the spirit by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. When does that come? At the consummation of all his promises. When Jesus Christ comes again. So with attention fixed on that. Guess what? I love deeper. And I speak sweeter. And I gave the forgiveness I've been denying. Ladies and gentlemen, your inability to forgive is a denial of the gospel, for heaven's sakes. I probably have less patience for somebody unwilling to forgive than I do a prostitute. What do you mean you're unwilling to forgive? Do you not know that in Christ, he loved you without wanting anything from you? He loved you without recognition of your goodness. He loves you. So, we through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly await the hope of righteousness associated with this coming. And as I fix my... Ladies and gentlemen, some of you haven't thought about that for 30 seconds in the last six months. Paul says, we eagerly await. Really? Is that characteristic of you? Is there any kind of notion that eternity awaits you? By the way, something you've never seen, something that you don't see. That's what hope does, ladies and gentlemen. All of that is done. Through the Spirit, by faith. Not, not, it doesn't say, um, make sure that you've been baptized make, or circumcised. Amounts to nothing. Very frankly, some of you need to repent of your baptism because you attach some kind of righteous accomplishment to it. It wasn't, ladies and gentlemen. Let me put it this way. 
Neither baptism nor the Lord's Supper mean anything. No. Neither baptism or the Lord's Supper count for anything. The only thing that counts for something is faith. Working. Working itself out. In love for the brethren. So if you got a little deficiency like me, then we go back and we say, well, when Jesus loved me, he didn't love me so he could get something from me. He loved me because of who he is. So if I'm deficient in love in a family situation, if I'm finding it hard to forgive a, a, a great offense that is... And let me just say, ladies and gentlemen, um, you're living like a Judaizer. Paul is pleading not to live like that, but through faith, excuse me, through the Spirit by faith, we eagerly await a hope, a final consummation when Jesus returns, knowing that circumcision and, and religion and irreligion, they count for nothing. The only thing that matters is an, is an inward commitment to Jesus Christ by faith that shows up outwardly in loving people the way I was loved. Quite a little couplet. I think you'll agree. Father, would you, um, would you stir our souls, n- not, not to return to duty, but to return to the gospel, to go back and review Seeing that I am a deficient in love, which makes me deficient in service, and it's all because of a failure to appreciate and enjoy that I am in Christ, and that when I get a, an eternal perspective on my life, then I, I love deeper, and I speak sweeter, and and my behavior becomes more aligned with the holiness of God. And I even, I even grant forgiveness that for days, weeks, months, maybe years, I have been sinfully denying. Forgive us for that, Lord. Might we live in the beauty and the provision of what Christ has accomplished for his people. We pray, of course, in Jesus' name.